But you know what? You brought up something that I wanted to talk to you about. Oh, you were yeah? Talking about, yeah, because uh, the last time we talked about uh, experience of love, because you said that, um, you know, once you had your daughter, you experienced a love that you didn't think that you had ever been in love before and things like that. But I've heard you talk a couple of times about your daughters. And I, because I have such a deep abandonment wound and trust wound, I kind of wanted to talk to you about your first daughter and that experience if you're open to going into that. Yeah. And, and yeah, we can talk about it. Yeah, that's fine. But I know what you're, I, I, I think I know what, what, what you're going to refer to. And it's like, tell me, what am I going to refer to? Tell me. Thanks for stopping by the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. I'm the host of the show, Sean Dustin. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. It's good to have you with us today. There are a couple of ways that you can help support the show. One of which is if you know somebody out there who would benefit from listening to the show or an episode in this show, send them over. I'd be happy to have them as listeners. Also, you can subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if I'm currently not available on the platform you listen to, send me an email and I will try to get added to it. I have merchandise available now, hoodies, t-shirts, mugs, and other items. This is another way you can help support the show and the show will get a portion of the proceeds. You can find direct links to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, merchandise, and anywhere else we are online at the bottom of the show notes. Go to the Linktree link and that will take you to all the ways to connect to the show. This is going to be the first variety portion of the podcast where me and Lori actually do our first episode together as the variety part of the show. She definitely has some uh, some questions of her own for me. Uh, I get thrown on the hot seat this uh, <laughs> in this episode. It was a little uncomfortable. Uh, and and you'll be able to hear that. You can hear me squirming around with my words. And then also we address uh, two of the uh, questions that we got from the Facebook group, uh, the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast Facebook group, and uh, Monica Vandermeer and Andrew Turner have both asked a question uh, in the in the group, and we and we answered and uh, we read and answered those questions uh, on this show. So if you want to hear those. But overall, it was a it was it was a good it was a good episode. I enjoyed it, uh, and that's part of the reason why I have Lori on as a co-host because she pushes me and asks questions that a lot of people don't ask me, and so I'm I'm more than open to answer those questions. I'm pretty transparent, as you can tell from most of my podcasts and episodes that I've put out, and I'm a little bit chauvinistic, uh, as I'm finding out. I didn't. I never really thought of myself that way, but as I'm hearing, as I'm going through and listening to myself, I'm starting to realize, oh, yeah, maybe you are, <laughs> which isn't a bad thing, man. Uh, you know, awareness is 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 the key to everything, man. If you're going to change something, you have to be aware of it, and this is part of the reason why I do this show. 
because there's a lot of things that I do that, uh, well, not a lot of things, but there are some things that I do that are not very uh, beneficial, I guess, societally. Um, I mean, they, they sometimes are beneficial for me, but a lot of times it's just patterns of behavior that are learned and, and just get kind of stuck in there and until you're you're made aware of of certain behaviors or you find out on your own, uh, that's when the process begins of trying to correct those. And uh, yeah, and sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's not. But I don't think anybody ever said being a human is, is easy because it definitely isn't. I mean, it is for some people, but for a lot, it's not. Anyways, without further ado, let's get to the show. All right, hey, this is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and I'm your host, Sean Dustin. It is the first uh, variety show portion that I'm doing that where I have the co-host, uh, Lori. What's Hello. up, Lori? Uh, what up? Uh, it's good over here. How are you? <laughs> uh, nah, I'm all right. I'm still uh, on a disability and uh, getting paid to do what I like to do and trying to uh, just kind of soak it all up because this is probably the only time I'm going to get paid to do what I like to do until I turn it into something where I can get paid to do what I like to do. So are you on disability or unemployment? Uh, disability. Oh, okay. And that's just for this time. Yeah. Yeah. It was a okay. short term thing when I, you know, I had a pre existing condition. I have a like really bad, um, what's that shit called? Uh, tennis elbow or tendonitis in my, in my elbows. And so I had gone to the doctor previously, like three weeks before this whole COVID thing happened. Uh, and so I'd been, I was seen for it. And then when the thing happened, I'm like, well, it's perfect time to go take some rest. <laughs> and I was yeah. lucky, to, lucky to get it. Well, hopefully when you get back around, you can get some, you know, manual therapy on it some physical therapy or massage therapy like i work on that all the time so you know there's there's modalities out there to help you when you're ready to to dive a little deeper into that healing process yeah well i've been doing all the uh, like the stretches and icing and then they gave you the little thing that you that you like buckle down your tendon <laughs> and then also some kt tape things and so the the recent thing i was like well why don't if that's not working, then maybe I should try diet and go back to that and get off of all of the the, the inflammatory uh, things that I'm eating and then go back to some more anti-inflammatory uh, foods. And mm -hmm. I actually uh, had a good uh, – I'm editing one right now uh, with a nutritionist from uh, London or UK, somewhere over there, and she talks about um, all the different uh, things that – all that stuff. She's not like a That's coach. Great. Yeah, she's not like a coach, but she's uh like actually has like le letters behind her name. <laughs> Well, that's fantastic because I think it's really important for everyone to be looking at decreasing inflammatory foods right now because that is one of the biggest reasons that we have comorbidities so or underlying conditions. So, you know, our body is made to heal, but in our Western medical medical system, that's not what we've been told. We've been told that we, if we go to the doctor, they give us a pill and then that, you know, puts a bandaid on our symptom, but that's not actually accessing the healing that we have within ourselves to eradicate that sim symptom instead of just putting a bandaid on it, which can actually increase your risk for more 
you know, disease because of the pharmaceutical, you know, with all the side effects that comes with it. So honestly, looking at foods is one of the most difficult things we have in our culture because we live in a fast food culture. So it can be really hard, but I find when people hit a situation where maybe it's like rock bottom with pain, they've been dealing with pain for long enough, they'll finally, you know, look at changing their diet. And that it's, it's amazing what that can do for your long-term health care. So I think that's probably the best thing that you can do. And I'm super stoked that you have an episode that's coming out, excuse me, out about it um, because we need more information. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and another thing that I was considering doing, you know, since I've done this whole like thing before where keto and, you know, gone, gone through losing weight, 35 pounds and, you know, I, and it took me two years to put it back on cause it, right now it's back on, uh, and just disclaimer, <laughs> yep, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm plumping back up again. And so what I, what I want to do is where a lot of people get stuck at is, all right, well, I, my clothes aren't fitting and it's a very apparent that I'm, I'm getting fatter and uh, like, what do I do? You know, I know what I know. I know what I, I, you have it in your mind that you know what to do, but when you actually sit down and start thinking about it, all right, well, what do I do? You know, like what diet do I get on? What, you know, where all of these things, right. You've, it's, it's like a labyrinth of <laughs> like, uh, you know, I know I just, I need to do this, but, I get people just get stuck in the process of it. So what I want to do is just kind of like do a video, uh, like the process, like video, video. What what would that be considered? Like a video diary, diary? yeah, Mm -hmm. of what that process looks like. You know, even Mm -hmm. from the coach, you know, that I'm talking to, the nutritionist that I'm talking to, they'll that'll they'll be a part of that situation too. And in that way, it sort of puts a roadmap of, of, you know, all right, well, how do you do that? And it, even for me, like, all right, well, here's what you need to do. You got to go into your refrigerator, whap, 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 throw all this shit out, throw all that shit out. That's all garbage. Mm-hmm. And then even to the grocery store, like, all right, what foods to pick? You know, sure. as somebody who's getting started, how do you get fat adapted? I mean, what is that process like? What, you know, what foods do you have to do that will put you into that instead of having to, um, like just flail about aimlessly trying to like, Oh, well maybe that'll stick. Well, Oh, maybe that'll stick. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's really, it's important to start with one thing because what happens is we get overwhelmed and then we don't do anything and then we get stressed out and then we don't do anything and we keep up with our regular habits that are creating the issue. So this is what I tell my clients, you know, especially if I'm having them do homework, I give them something for five minutes. I'm like, you can find five minutes in your day. Like even yoga, people are like, oh, I need to, I need to do yoga. This is like the mentality often. Like I need to do yoga. I need to do yoga. They're thinking this all the time, but they're overwhelmed because they can't find an hour out of their day to do the yoga. So I'm like, do three postures, do five minutes. When we decrease our overwhelm, we're much more likely to take those steps towards something healthier. So like for you, the first thing I would say is the one thing you should do in the beginning is cut out sugar. Mm. Like take that one out. And right now, if we're home and, you know, we don't have all those temptations where we're going out constantly and, you know, because life isn't happening quite yet, you actually have a little better chance of making that change 
if you don't have it in your home, if you don't have it available and you break that cycle, you know, give yourself three days, give yourself a week. And usually after you've broken that cycle, your body doesn't crave it as much anymore. And once that happens and it makes you feel better, you want to do it. So then you enact a really positive cycle. So it's really like take away the overwhelm, break it down, do one thing at a time. And when you're ready to add something else in, do that. Just don't be looking at all of these things because then you're just like, screw it. I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. What she said. And uh, <laughs> and, that, and that's really what I just kind of want to like do, you know, all right, well, here's the process, you know, even from mm-hmm. like, what do you do when you, do, if you don't have a gym, like I don't have a gym right now. So what am I going to do? This is what I'm going to go do. I'm going to go jog. And then in between that, do the other things, you know, just sort of build something, you know, so people can see like, it's not we make it harder than it actually is. Absolutely. I don't have a gym. And because I resisted paying for a membership, I figured out how to work out on my own. And I do it four or five times a week. And it's I have all these things in my backyard that I use to work out with. And it's amazing. And I don't have to pay for it. So I save money at it too. And it's been the best fitness. Uh, uh, there's your puppy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's there. been it's been the best fitness routine for me because then it's less time. I don't have to take the time to drive somewhere, you know, to take the class and it can fit into my day easier. And so I don't get overwhelmed by it. So, yeah. you know, it's like we have to break this cultural conditioning of like, oh, you have to have a gym membership. You have to take the yoga class. You have to, you know, it's like, no, wait a second, break it down. You can do these things. You have so much within yourself that you can access and do on your own that I think it's important to, um, to remember that, you know, we don't have to be doing all the things that we're told we need to do. Yeah. Sorry about that. My dog is barking at people walking through the, like, and I can see them right now. They're walking through right over there. So good boy. Good boy. (laughs) Yeah. Actually with dogs, you're supposed to like reward them for alerting you and then you go and like look at the thing that they're alerting you to so that they understand that you're taking care of it yeah, yeah. that their job is over and now they can let you do it so they're good to alert you but then they can stop their job yeah yeah dog behavior is really interesting i'm actually having like a dog situation this morning i'm having a minor panic attack oh yeah <laughs> what, what what's wrong with your dog uh, I don't have a dog, but I'm in the process of possibly adopting a puppy. Mm. And I've never really wanted to go back to the puppy stage. Like, um, cause I work in dog rescue. And so I've always planned on getting like at least a 10 or 11 month old or older that, you know, is pretty established. You know, they can hold their bladder. I don't have to spend so much time training them, all of the things. Yeah. And I think I had a temporary lapse in sanity yesterday. And I suddenly was like, I want the puppy. <laughs> and now I saw a video of the puppy this morning and I was like, what did I do? What did I do? Oh my God. <laughs> it's a like real puppy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Puppies are a lot of work. So much work. So if, if you're sensing a little like, uh, deer in the headlights for me this morning. It's because I'm having a minor panic attack inside of my body. <laughs> mm, okay. All right. Well, good to know. Good to know. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, the warning. Um, but yeah, dude, puppies are a lot of work. I mean, I've thought yeah. about like maybe, you know, cause I know that this one's not gonna, I'm going to outlive him and, and man, this dog, I love this dog so much. Like mm. he's the best dog that I've ever had. So, I mean, 
like the same the same kind of like, the same kind of almost like one level below the 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 child love you know what i mean the, it, then there's him and mm-hmm. like you know the same thing you know i, I start thinking about man I'm, you know what am i going to do when he's got you know and start thinking that and then you know the tears start welling up and like, oh damn it and so it's hard it's so hard yeah and i'm like all right well maybe i should at what point do i get another puppy so he could still kind of train him you know mm-hmm. what I mean on how to behave and, and because he's super trained and like very obedient, does whatever, but ah, most lovable dog in the world. And so, but I'm like, that's the part that I like, you know, there's really, unless you and like, this would have been the perfect time to get a puppy, you know what I mean? Cause you're there for three months. You're able to, you know, imprint on them and train them somewhat, uh, get them crate trained at least, mm-hmm. you know, but, yeah, it, it's a it is a daunting task. Well, that's what's happening, because like I said, I work in dog rescue also, and um, we are actually like really, really low on dogs in Oregon because they've all pretty much been adopted. And, you know, in a lot of the independent rescues, we're pulling from California, which is a high kill state, Texas. Um, my This puppy that's coming in is coming from Mexico. But like, I'm ready, like so many other people right now, like I'm ready to add that family member in. Um, And I think I just got like, I just kind of was like, okay, I'm going to take the puppy because there's, (laughs) I can't find the one-year-old that I want, but I'm ready. And now I'm kind of like, oh my God, I did a wrong decision. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I do? So I'm, my heart's a little seized right now. And it's okay. We do foster to adopt. So even if I really decide, because I'm by myself, I have so much work that I'm doing, you know, podcasting every day and editing. And then I have my other job and um, I don't know that I have the the time for a puppy. You know, sometimes it helps if you have a partner and you can share the responsibilities. So if I really feel like I'm not the best fit for him, I want him to have the best life and I'll foster him and then he'll go on to another family because he has a line of people that want him right now. So I'm not worried about him. I'm more worried about my sanity. <laughs> and, then, and then you can see why, why, you know, you're in a lucky situation where you could change your mind or, you know, mm-hmm. but think about, think about the people that, you know, that's why you have all these strays, right? Because people get into that same thing. They think about it and then, Oh, it's an afterthought. And like, all right, well, and for people that aren't dog people or animal people, they're just like, oh, well, I'll just let them go or, you know, mm-hmm. take them to the pound, let the pound deal with them. And it's like, ah, oh, man. Yeah, it's, it's horrifying. But that's why I'm such an advocate for foster based rescue. We have so many here in Oregon and I'm out talking about this all the time. And I tell people, if you're thinking about getting a dog, become a foster home because then you get the perfect fit for your family and you don't have the guilt those dogs are always going to go on to a loving home that's great for them. They're going to have a great life. And you didn't feel forced into a decision that, you know, wasn't right for your family or wasn't right for you. And so I really think we need more education about the foster-based system. And Oregon's really great at it. I mean, we have so many here. And we need to get it like much wider through the country and through the world because then we don't have the problem where people are abandoning their dogs all the time. You know, and and usually foster-based rescues are independent and they will stand by the dog for their life. So if a circumstance comes up a couple years later, they take the dog back. So the dog never goes back into the shelter system and it doesn't re-traumatize that dog. 
So I think it's really important for people to look into it if you are thinking about adopting a dog. So I'm stoked that I could actually talk about it based on my um, stress and pain this morning <laughs> about my decision. <laughs> yeah. And if you've ever, have you ever been to a, uh, like another country like Mexico and, and, mm-hmm. you know, and seen like how many dogs are just running around loose? I yeah. mean, and, and that's, and that's on like the tourist areas. If you go back into like, like in Cabo San Lucas. So if you're on the main road, you're in the main drag, right? Uh, you'll see some dogs rolling around, but if you go off of that back into the neighborhoods, oh, there, there's tons of them. I was like, oh, oh my god, they're, they just I don't, like who? I don't even think anybody owns them. They just yeah. run around rampant, you know, because they're I not mean, fixed or anything. Yeah, there's it, it takes so much awareness and education, and that's what this rescue that I work with. Um, it's called Street Dog Hero because they take in so many street dogs from other countries. And they try to really, they do a lot of spay and neuter clinics and they try to really increase awareness around that. So this puppy was found on the side of the road with its siblings, like full of ticks and and parasites and all those things. Oh. So, yeah, but I mean, it's a puppy, so it hasn't, it hasn't um, accumulated the trauma that a lot of these other dogs have accumulated by the time they get here. So I'm just really grateful to be in involved in these rescues and know about them. But you know what? You brought up something that I wanted to talk to you about. Oh, yeah? You were talking about, yeah, because the last time we talked about uh, experience of love, because you said that, um, you know, once you had your daughter, you experienced a love that you didn't think that you had ever been in love before and things like that. But I've heard you talk a couple of times about your daughters. And I, because I have such a deep abandonment wound and trust wound, I kind of wanted to talk to you about your first daughter and that experience if you're open to going into that. Yeah. And, and we can talk about it. Yeah, that's fine. But I know what you're, I, I, I think I know what, what, what you're going to refer to. And it's like, tell me, what am I going to refer to? Tell me my kind of nonchalant, like, eh. mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because if she hears that, then maybe, you know, she'll think that I don't care. But I mean, in, in all honesty, it, it like I've tried so many times to reach out and, you know, whether it's, and, and, and there was a situation too, where they, they could have reached out to me because when my grandparents died, uh, uh, they left, uh, like 20 grand, uh, to, to my daughter, right. The, the Jordan and, um, they, they could have reached out then and neither one of them chose to, you know? And so I was like, all right, well, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, like what more can you do other than other than be a pest at this point, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess I could not ever talk about it and 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 be fake about how no. I feel how I feel about it. No, I don't think that's a good solution. <laughs> you know, but I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, eh, you know, it's 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 out of my it's out of my court right now, out of my hands, and it's in it's in hers. Mm-hmm. In, yeah, I just kind of wanted to go deeper into it because you know. I, I heard you say the same thing a couple of times about how, you know, you're on the Instagram and you've reached out and it's kind of up to her if she wants to know you. So I want to, you know, maybe we don't know the backstory. And I thought that it would be good to talk about that a little more for your listeners to hear a little bit about that, you know, because if you think about it, like what I'm doing is I'm looking at it from her side. And I'm sure you've done this before, but when she was young, she 
you left her life. And kids don't understand why that happens, even if it's in the best interest of the child, right? So for her, she developed a trust wound and an abandonment wound at that point. You know, of course, I don't know her experience with, you know, her mother and your relationship with her mother and things like that. But my thought is, you had said, if she wants to know you, she can reach out. But you, I assume you want to know her, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a deep topic, um, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I mean, I, I could actually go into, no, I'm not going to go into the actual text messages back and forth, but you know, there, there, there was some, there were some back and forths, you know, and, um, and that was just, uh, you know, maybe that, maybe that goes into my not, I mean, because that's, that's more, uh, I don't know. It's more, more intimate, I guess, uh, I, I, I guess, can that be even a thing with, you know what I mean? Like it, it, somebody that you're not intimate with. I, anyways, go ahead. Well, I'm just, if you think about it from her side, you know, as she, you said, she's 20 years old and she lost her trust with you at a very young age because well, you weren't 18, there in her life. It was 18 months. So I don't even know, like, like that well, was right. so that was so young that that I, I I doubt that there was even any memories of that. But oh so. yeah, there's memories. My my abandonment wound happened because I was adopted when I was a newborn. So yeah, there's absolutely memories. This is what we were talking about before we started the recording, which is epigenetics: how your pre-birth, your prenatal experience, your birth experience, and your postnatal experience can actually inform a lot of what happens in your adulthood. But this is these are the most informative times when we're young and we're starting to experience the world. So her experience as she was growing up at one year, two year, three year, four years old is that you weren't there. And, you know, whatever, however she was told about that experience, she believed that you didn't care enough to come back into her life. Mm. Now that was probably not what your experience was, but I'm talking about this from a, a very young child's perspective. And so over the years, she may have lost a lot of trust. So, you know, it would take a lot to build that trust back up. And my thought is, you know, if you kind of, if you kind of sent love to her without the expectation of anything in return and like, you know, giving her, you know, sending her letters or doing whatever, letting her know that you really do want to know her and that you're there. But the more you do that, the more it actually builds the trust that had been broken from a very young age on. And so for her, you know, it might not be once or twice that you tell her that you want to be in her life or that you want to know her, but it might take, you know, years of consistency of just sending her love and caring and waiting, but giving her that, you know, helping her build trust back up. And that's why I just wanted to, I wanted to explore it a little bit with you because we don't tend to think about what happened when we when we were children and how that is informing how we're acting now at 20 years old or whatever because she might just need more like you know tons of letters from you to realize that you're not going to leave and that you really are there and that you continue to send her love and then eventually if she gets enough trust in there then yeah she wants to know you 
Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I do. I, I, I actually never even thought about it that way. Um, I, I didn't think you had, and that's why I wanted to bring it up, because I thought it would be a really important thing to chat about just to start exploring it a little. No, and and I think that's because, and and you're probably right. She probably is experiencing because, like, like we would we'll have a conversation. We it's been a while since we've had one, but the you know the last time, you know, I just run out of shit to talk about. You know what I mean? And I just don't, and I and or I get involved in whatever it is that I'm doing, and I just kind of forget about it. You know, and I do that with a lot of people too. Yeah. You know, it's just, I think it's, it's just my thing. You know, I think it's just, I'm such a a self-absorbed person that, uh, and I've gotten this complaint, not, I've gotten it from, you know, uh, people that I've dated too, um, that I just, I don't, I don't put a whole lot of attention into things other than things that like myself. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's, that's a good awareness you know, and I think that's a behavior. I don't think that's who you are. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. that we have behaviors and everything can shift and be fluid and move and we can work on ourselves constantly. Like, look at what you're doing. You're putting out this podcast. You're telling stories of all these people, you know, redemption stories, and you're sharing that with the world. So that's a really giving thing as well. And it might be, you might have a fear in your intimate life of not getting a return from someone. And so you don't even put the effort in, you know, cause that's a hard thing in relationships. If they're not ready, but you commit to it because it's, it's your daughter. And if you start realizing like the abandonment wound that had, you know, continued throughout all these years, yeah, you might not get a return for a while. You know, you might have to keep building that trust for a long time. And it's like, you I don't know how to like, you know, come to a balanced place within yourself about that. If it's too hard and too scary to keep putting energy out and love out and not getting it back. Um, But I, I just really wanted to explore it a little, you know, I thought because I'd heard you say the same thing a couple of times. I was like, I think that that's worth having like a deeper conversation about because I think people out there might be experiencing something similar and not realizing what happens when we're children and how that seed gets planted so deeply. And if she feels like you're going to continually abandon her, then she's going to have a really hard time putting effort in because she has protected herself over all these years. And she's not going to just suddenly let that go in an instant because you're like, well, I'm here. Like, come to me when you're ready. Like, she needs to like really trust that you're there and that you're going to continually be there. You know, relationships are complex. And it's the ones that you, I think you find those ones that you're really willing to like put a lot of freaking work in. And it doesn't happen very often because of my abandonment wound. I leave relationships constantly because I'm scared of getting, you know, abandoned and left. And I put all this love in and then they just leave me. Yeah. You know, I also, I didn't think about it from the angle where you were talking about like, like when I, when I think about it, it's like, all right, well, I left and that was the end of it. Yeah. yeah okay well, yeah that you're right that was the end of it for me mm-hmm. but i'm sure she's gotten stories of mm-hmm. you know what happened or whatever her mom's told her who knows i don't know um but I, this has happened to me i mean in my own in my own life where i i wasn't there but somebody told me a story and then all of a sudden that story now becomes my my reality mm-hmm. 
and especially so, when you're a child. Yeah, and so yeah, that makes a lot of sense that you know whatever like she experienced it from whatever she was being told as as stories, as oh your dad didn't want you. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. I, yeah, I, but I wasn't it's not there. even it's not even just the stories. As a child grows up and they don't have a parent in their life, and that parent is never reaching out to them. You know, I had a wonderful family. I am madly in love with my parents who adopted me and I had a great upbringing, but my entire childhood, I was tormented with why didn't they want me? Like that was the, that was the, you know, the repetitive thought in my head. And it was so painful. It caused so many tears. I was suicidal because I didn't understand why people wouldn't want me. Like what was wrong with me? So even without the stories, when she's missing a parental figure that was there and no longer there, her story in her head is that she wasn't good enough for you to want to stay, Hmm. you know? And then that wound can transform and get deeper in other ways as we grow into our culture, you know? And then she had to go through life, you know, if people are like, well, where's your dad? Then she had to answer for you over and over and over with all of her friends or with society, And so, you know, it it can become really complex, but I just kind of wanted to look at it from her perspective a little bit to to open that up because I think this is, you know, the most important thing, what I'm realizing, especially through the quarantine is community over currency is what's so important. You know, money is not going to just fulfill us and buy us happiness, but it's really who we put our love into in our relationships and our communities. And it's not easy. And you have a lot of years, you know, that are stacked up in that relationship that have been created in all kinds of different ways. So, yeah. Yeah. That was, a, stuff. That was sober. <laughs> that was sobering. <laughs> Thanks for fucking up my high. <laughs> Maybe I made it a little better and a little deeper. You yeah. Know what I mean? Like, I think that I may, I just kind of wanted to put some possibilities out for you that I'd, that I think you, that you weren't opening up to because you are, you have your experience. And so when we can start kind of, you know, backing up and getting a little more perspective and thinking about other people's experience, and that's why podcasts are so awesome. You know, we hear all of this great information that maybe we hadn't ever thought about. And, you know, maybe that's like a really big apology coming from you that you were like, I had no idea. I was only thinking about my experience. You know, it's nothing that you did wrong. Like we have to get away from like, oh, I did this wrong. We do the best that we can with what we have. And when we get more and have more information, then maybe we do better or different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I absolutely know what you mean. Uh, you, you know, once you, once you know these things and I, you know, I did a episode recently where, you know, somebody asked me, cause I, I did, I'm in a union and I had no idea that for whatever reason I, I, you know, I didn't, I've heard of May Day before, but I didn't have any idea that it had to do with, with workers or the world around the world. That's the, the, the labor, the true labor day. I just always thought of the, the picnic one. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, uh, this guy kind of like schooled me and, 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 you know, I was like, well, I didn't know this. And, you know, I've been doing this forever and I didn't know this. And he's like, well, now, you know, so now you got to do something about it. I'm like, oh, yeah. fuck. There you go. I mean, I think this is, the, this is the way that we get stronger as communities because 
you know, authentically apologizing or being like, I didn't know. Like even, you know, with especially with racism and sexism and misogyny, it's like if you really you're like, I had no idea. And thank you for informing me. Thank you for educating me because now I'm going to do better and I'm going to change that behavior. Instead of just feeling defensive, like, no, that wasn't me. I, I, you know, I'm not like that. You know what I mean? Like own up to it, get some ownership and some compassion and be gentle with yourself and be thankful that we can get more and more educated and get more perspectives so we can elevate ourselves and each other. I but I yeah but I also think that you have to be in the space too, the right space because like you could have that's all you know what you're talking about is 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 all fine and good, but if the 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 people that you're you know that are responding aren't in the in the space you know whether it's maturity or just open to like because I've been in this space for such a for like a year. I'm really open and receptive to like criticisms because I, you know, I've been forced to see my own like inadequacies, you know, like, Oh dude, Mm -hmm. you know, the way you think about some things is really fucked up. You shouldn't, you know, so now when somebody says something about my thinking or how, you know, I, I really don't, I don't get defensive about it. I like, "Hmm, maybe they're seeing something that I'm not, you know? Yeah. I mean, feedback is great. And even if someone had said this to you five years ago, and you weren't ready for it, it planted a seed. It doesn't mean, you know, you might feel defensive and you might not be ready for that change or that information, but the seed was planted. And then maybe five years later, when you hear it again, you're like, oh yeah, like that was already kind of like marinating in my thoughts. And now I really get it. And now I'm ready to make the shift, you know? Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Thank you. Um, And I, I did, I did see the, the, the thing. And that's probably is why she doesn't reach out because she's like, well, he, he obviously doesn't care enough for, to keep a conversation going with me. Why should I, why should I even worry about it? Yeah. So trust takes a lot to rebuild after, you know, that many years of, you know, an experience in whatever her world and her experience was, but there's a lot of layers to it and there's plenty of time left. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing we can always change course we can always choose something new and i love that and i love i love learning and i'm doing so much therapy right now around my abandonment wound and around my relationships because you know there's a there's a pretty big reason i'm single (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't just the (laughs) woo-woo it's not just the woo-woo your your witchy bass didn't didn't don't scare them away <laughs> well, my I like my witchy bass because if they don't like the witchy bass, they are not for me. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like that's like a, one of those things. It's like, hey, this is I just had one last night where I was like, crying. I was like, what? You know, it was more about the puppy. But I was like, what did I do? And, you know, even the puppy, it's like I'm scared to like commit to that relationship. Like I get really scared to commit to any relationship because of my past. And it's it's a, something that's been going on a long time. So. I'm, I'm, I'm into getting any more perspectives, you know, the doing my own podcast, I have gotten so much healing and like my therapy sessions are like intense and big because I'm just like, whoa, you're doing so much research. You're talking to people, you're getting new perspectives, you're getting feedback, you know, you're putting a lot out into the world, but you're also receiving a lot. So this is like a major personal evolutionary process. Oh, Tell me about it. Uh, that's yeah. that's one that's one of the main things that keeps me going. 
Uh, well, I think that's why you picked me, right? You knew I was going to like probably do this, which is like open up some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, it, it, it was for a reason. I, I wasn't expecting that one, but uh, <laughs> it's all right. That's, that's what makes an interesting show, right? Right. Well, you know, I'm sure you can see my side because because you've talked about it in interviews, I thought it would be important to to get a little deeper into it in another interview instead of, you know, just, you know, putting your experience out there and then closing the door. I was like, let's open that door because I think we can learn a lot more about you if we open that door a little further because nobody had in your other interviews, you know, including myself, because you said it in our last talk. And so then I was like, once I heard it a few times, I was like, okay, this is something worth exploring. And so thank you for being open to that. Because before we were recording, I told you there was something I wanted to talk to you about, but didn't tell you what it was. No, and you're you like, all right. <laughs> sure. Okay. Here we go. I want to create Buckle good content. Glory ride. <laughs> I'm all about good content until it gets turned around on me. <laughs> Well, I think it was a great conversation. Thanks for thanks for joining in and being open to it. Yeah, yeah, no worries, no worries. I'm I'm pretty much an open book. Everybody knows I'm fucked up, so might as well I'm, enjoy and, and let everybody in on the process of, of yeah. how to fix it, of how to fix the the fucked upness. That's the thing. We all are like yeah. it's 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 this is a hard life. That's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of pain. And so I think that when we can explore those emotions and those experiences, you know, maybe it helps a lot of other people out there going through something like that. So I just want to applaud your vulnerability to to go into that conversation with me. You're welcome. You're very welcome. And I'm 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 gonna go listen to some of your shit and figure out something to. <laughs> to <laughs> I'm to sure get, there's plenty there to to to, to get you on. Uh, we, we got a couple of questions from, uh, the, the Facebook group. Um, one from, uh, Monica Vandermeer. And I believe she, you said she interviewed you, right? A couple of times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That interview that I did with her is going to come out this Monday. Okay. I think her podcast is called Front Seat, I think. Um, I don't know. Let me see. I'll tell you right now. Front Seat podcast. If it's on her Facebook profile. Which yeah, but the interview, actually, if you're interested in the conversation that Sean and I just had, that's a much deeper interview about epigenetics and, you know, the imprint that happens to us very, very young at a very young age and how that can affect our adulthood. So if that was if that piqued your interest at all, like I would listen to that interview because I've kind of built my career around it because it's been my life, you know, since I was put up for adoption as a, as a three week old baby. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't find find where it is. I'm pretty so, sure it's called the front seat podcast, but. Uh, sorry, Monica, it's not on your, uh, your, your Facebook profile. If you're out there listening, maybe you ought to throw a, throw a link up there. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Um, so anyways, yeah, she asked a question and then also Andrew Turner, who I interviewed and he will yeah. be, uh, you know, one of my, my future episodes. Uh, he's down, uh, in Texas. So let's, uh, let's, let's hit Monica since she was the first one to post it. I gotta get back over there. Uh, I'm pretty sure I know what it is. Yeah, something about singles, right? Like, uh, like deal breakers. Since we're both out in the dating world, do we have any deal breakers? I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Okay. So why don't you go ahead and, uh, and, and, and do that one first. Since well, you're, yeah, so, <laughs> sorry. 
I was to say, since yours is probably a way more sensible than mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking about it because honestly, I haven't really dated in a year because I got into a car accident and I was in a lot of pain and no one wants to date when they're in pain. And then um, I started the podcast and I was so busy and I was in pain and it just didn't really work out. I think I've been on one date in the year and it was a great date, um, but it didn't go anywhere. So my, so I was like, what's my deal breaker? Like my deal breaker right now is me. You know what I mean? Like I had, I just have no capacity to date. And so if somebody, I'm always open. And so I'm at the point where if someone, you know, showed some interest in me, I would have to feel, I feel like the deal breakers are all on the table because I would have to feel like it's a very, special connection. Like I would have to feel immediate trust with them. Like I am not in the space to go out on dates right now and deal with people's stuff. You know what I mean? So it would have to be like this soul connection that my heart feels when I look at them and like it would be worth exploring. Because like you said, I have so much going on in my life that I don't have time for emotional drama at all. And when you're just dating around, there's so much emotional drama that comes into that. And I get really sick of that. So then I just stop and I'm like, I can't deal with it. And then I don't meet anyone because no one comes up to me in in real life. Um, But I would be open to it. But again, it has to be like a serious, I'm not going to go through the emotional drama if I see anything, like I'm like out. You know what I mean? So I feel like my deal breaker is me right now. Well, that's a good one. I mean, at least you recognize that, you know, because there's a, you know, and, and, and are cool with, with not, you know, having that kind of, uh, you know, that, that connection, uh, with anybody, you know, and, and I can see exactly where, how that would be appealing. Uh, you know, I, I get, I get in those spaces, you know, um, all the time, uh, where it's, I love this space because I feel like it's like relaxing. I'm not, you know, I'm not like, it's not on my mind, like, oh my gosh, like I want to like connect with somebody or you know, it's like, I don't even think about it. So it feels really good. Like, I'm just like, yeah, my life's cool. Like I don't have any like drive or desire to get into that because of the, um, the emotional drama is just too much. It would be another thing on my plate that I can't handle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, men, we, we have that drive uh, to, to, to do that. You know, and but that's the only thing we have the drive to do that, but then we don't want anything else after that, you know, or whatever it is after that, we want it on our terms. So, I mean, really, the perfect, the perfect woman for a guy would be somebody who you could just call whenever you want, uh, get it in. <laughs> and, and wait a second, wait a second, you cannot put all men, into no, okay, that not, not, not all men, but the, there would be, <laughs> there, there's, I guarantee you, probably about like 75% of them. Well, let's just, let's narrow it down to your experience right now. Cause I feel like that's a little unfair, you know, cause there's a lot of men out there looking for deep connections and relationships and commitments. So let's okay. let right. them have that, but let's okay. go with your experience. Okay. So for me, for myself, yeah. the perfect <laughs> yeah. woman would be, you know, and, and this is only because I'm in a, in a space where like, I've got so many things going on, you know, like yourself, Mm -hmm. but I'm not willing to sacrifice the, the, uh, the sexual component of that. I I don't Mm -hmm. want to, uh, I have fun with it. And you know, there, there's a time and a place to knock it out on your own. Definitely there is. Yeah. Uh, Like 
you can do some pretty like maybe I can be a little more creative with that, but um, you know, I'm not going to create emotional drama for myself. So yeah. it's, a, it's a nice, it's a nice uh, intimate date with myself that I can have happen anytime I want. True, true. Uh, and I, and I have used it myself to, to uh, you know, avoid bad decisions uh, bad dating decisions or, um, you know, it's been a while and you go out and you go out on a date and it's like, maybe it isn't somebody who you would really actually date, but the, you know, a possibility of sex is on the table and, uh, are you going to take it or not? Well, if I hadn't knocked it out prior, I probably would, but since I have, I'm able to make a more logical decision up here versus down there. And mm-hmm. then, so men have three brains. Okay. We got, we got our gut, we got our, our head and we got the other guy. All right. Which is in, in a lot of the time for me. Okay. Let me, let me put it back to me. I don't want to generalize <laughs> for all you guys out there, even though I know most of you are dirty fucks, just like me. Um, <laughs> uh, it's just, uh, you know, I, I use it as a tool. Um, and you know, and, and I'm, I'm getting a little bit better. I'm getting a little better about it. You know, it's, it's really not that big of a deal anymore. Um, but it's, it, it's a, it's a learned habit though. It's a learned behavior. Same, the same as anything else and how you, you know, how you approach, uh, you know, sex or, you know, with the opposite sex, you know, all those behaviors are all learned. Um, and it's, you know, if they're not beneficial and they hurt other people, I think if you, if, if we were talked about this before, if you come at it like from a, from a, uh, just like being open and honest about your situation and what it is that you're, you're putting out there. And I liked the information that you gave me about, are you telling them that you're just looking for more of a lover or, you know what I mean? And, uh, I had never thought about it like that, you know, and I probably never have put it that way. Oh, you have to, you, you know? you, words are so important. Like you have to use those words, you know, you've got to speak your truth. And then you're going to have less emotional drama because if you don't and you're saying, well, I know what I want, but they don't know what you want and they want something completely different and you still move forward with it, then that's going to create that emotional drama. And then that just creates stress for everybody. And it's unfortunate. Well, I mean, I, I so I didn't mean to make it sound like I haven't ever said anything like as far as wanting that, but I mean, I, I've never heard it put in like the lover sense before. I'm like, I always just say I'm emotionally unavailable and mm-hmm. I don't think, and I think that's too generic and too broad of a spectrum, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. And you know, you keep saying that and that can become truth. You know, you, maybe things could change for you, but if we tell ourselves we are this, we are this, like we believe it, our body believes it. So, you know, if you look at reframing how you're approaching it, like, wait a second, no, I want a lover. Like there's a very specific type of way that I want to engage in this relationship because it is a relationship no matter what. You know what I mean? Like that's that really bothers me when people are like, oh, I don't want a relationship. I'm like, if you're continuing to talk to me, even if we're not committed, we're in some kind of a relationship. 
you know, my friends, I'm in a relationship with them. My family, lovers are in a relationship. Polyamorous people are in a relationship. Committed people are in a relationship, you know? And so I think it's really important that you say, this is the type of relationship that I'm looking for and be really specific about the boundaries in there. And it leaves room for your soul to like open up to emotional availability. You know, it doesn't mean it's going to happen then, but if you stopped telling yourself, this is how I am, then it leaves a lot of room for you to move in different ways and be fluid and adaptable. But oh, that makes so sense. I want, I want to make a point here. So we, uh, somehow you got talking about sex, right? But I want to hear what your, she wants to hear what your deal breakers are. So to me, it sounds like your deal breakers are when people want emotional commitment or when they want more than a lover type of relationship. Is that a deal breaker for you? Yeah, pretty much right now it is. Okay. Um, so yeah, I was I was getting to that because I was like, oh shit, oh, okay. I, I, didn't, I didn't answer the damn question. Yeah, sorry. I, I'm, 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 I'm like I'm like a politician. I'm good at I'm good at talking <laughs> around questions. Um, so yeah, it uh, the deal breaker probably would be um, if if somebody if I'm dating you and and you're not and you're not putting out by the third date, I'm I'm not wasting any more time on you. Uh, sorry. I just I don't. Yeah, have... that's a harsh way to to put that out there, though. Those words are pretty intense. So I, I just don't have time. I don't I don't have time to deal with you. You know, I don't I don't want to make time to deal with somebody who's not who's who's that like hung up about it. Well, right. So I think that that would be not the right choice of person for you to be continuing with because if you're looking for a lover. We all kind of know what the definition of that is, right? Yeah, I just never so, really, I never really put it as lover. That that's like, I I don't know, maybe we we uh, I like when I think of lover, I think of like my my like that would be a a, a description my my mom would use for something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you're my lover. And uh, even and even when that even when that term gets dropped in a conversation, I just kind of like, oh, what? oh well, just, so then you need a, you need a different term for it, yeah. but. You know, like, I just think that your approach when you're like, you know, by the third time, if you're not putting out, then I'm not going to waste my time on you. That I mean, that feels like really harsh. So if you're looking for someone that you want to have a sexual relationship with without the emotional connection, Uh you know what I mean? Like, I think you whatever you want to call that, I think that would mean you're not going to go on three dates with that person because that's not what you're looking for. You know, you can find that person that's looking for the same thing, but if in three dates they're not in the type of relationship that you want to be in, then that's probably not the right choice. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's what I'm saying. You got, you got three dates and I'm not like going out. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Like I'm not going and saying, Hey, if we ain't fucking in three dates, you're out of here. You know what I mean? No. It's not like that, but I mean, it's in the back of my head, you know, I'm like, all right, well, let's see. And I'm, and I'm saying, Hey, look, you know, this is, I'm just, um, and I probably using those same stupid words that you just called out. Um, <laughs> like I'm, I'm not really emotionally available and, and whatnot. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Get- so I want to put a challenge out for you. Hmm. So the next person that you connect with, you know, that you have interest in, I want you to use positive language in the beginning, you know, and really be honest and vulnerable with them and say, you know, this is really important. This is exactly what I'm looking for. I feel a connection with you. So I want to know if this 
is resonates with you, if it's the type of relationship that you want to engage in with me. And I just want to be very clear, you know, that there will, you know, I, I won't be joining in an emotional relationship because I have a lot, a lot of other things going on, whatever, and see what happens with that. Like if you really put it out there for them, like so clearly exactly what you're looking for, like write it down, make a list of like, this is exactly what I want. This is exactly what I'm looking for. And my challenge to you is, is reciting that list and letting them know and seeing how that works. Like, does it work better for you? Like, do you have a different type of connection with someone when you get that honest about exactly what you're looking for? You know what I mean? Instead of just throwing this blanket term out like, oh, I'm emotionally unavailable. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. really get very finitely specific and and see what happens. I'm interested. I'm interested to see like if that changes <laughs> the way that that people respond to you. You know what I mean? Like it might make it a lot more clear very quickly and somebody might be like, no, I'm out. I don't want that. And then you don't go through the three dates. You know what I mean? Or someone's yeah, yeah. like, yeah, that that sounds great. That's exactly what I'm looking for too. And it might be like a really rad connection immediately because you're both in. You know? Yeah, I'm 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 more interested to see what the what the percentage is. I'm like, all right, well, how many do I got to talk to in order to get the in order to get the outcome that I want? Uh, you know what I mean? So it means, all right, well, yeah. <laughs> but I really want to hear about like if your process changes. You know what I mean? If it happens a lot quicker, or if it, you know, you, you just those people are out quickly, so you don't even like spend time going through something that you're both not looking for, you know, you're not matching up. Yeah. So yeah. I, I would love for you to do that and like report back to us and see what happens. All right. I'll throw, I'll, I'll, I'll I've got, a, I've got a couple, uh, uh, prospects so I can try and weave that in, see what happens or, or, or yeah. at the beginning, the beginning stages of the, uh, you know, the online dating deal. I'm just, I'm, 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 ha I'm having a hard time just staying engaged with anybody anyways, just because of the simple fact that I know I can't go and meet you. So I'm like, eh, why waste well, my right, time? Because that's not what you're looking for. Yeah, you're yeah. not looking, you know, to like continue to connect on text messages or on the phone. Like you're looking for an in-person physical connection. So you might need to wait until the quarantine's over and, you know, we can be close to each other again because that's the type of relationship that you're specifically looking for. Yeah. Like a, some horny old man. Yeah, that's, that's, that. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, sexual connection is really important and it's really healthy for us too, as long as everyone is feeling, you know, <laughs> as, as long as it's fair it. for everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is great for our health though you know like that's one of the things that we have as a natural high and it, it can be really incredible oh yeah there's been some times when like i've had i've had some some great sex it's felt felt way better or almost as good as as taking a hit of some some good stuff <laughs> And it's so much healthier for you and doesn't take you down a, a very dark road or path. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Well, hopefully sometimes it does, but yeah, hopefully it doesn't hopefully lead not. to lead to addiction. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, there is such a thing as sex addiction. You know, no, do you feel is. like, do you feel like you have that? Do you feel like that might be part of what's going on for you? I don't know. I mean, I've thought about it before, uh, but no, not so much because even like if that were the case, then I'd be like hounding for it now. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So it's, it's, uh, I, I don't think so. I think, I think more than anything, what I, I like every, I like all, I like the, like the hunt. 
You know what I mean? That that's really my my thing. I like the hunt, the chase. And then once you know, once once you accomplish that goal, then it then for me it just kind of goes, mm, you know. So are you really looking for just like one time sex connection? Like you're not looking for someone to you know repeatedly come engage. back and uh, engage yeah. together? Is no, it no, just no. A one time thing. If if it's good, if it's good, then and and the chemistry is good, then oh yeah, of course. I mean, you know, any any good, any any good. Uh, uh, operation, you know, uh, loves repeat business, <laughs> you know, but I mean, it's gotta be, it's gotta be worth it, you know? So, you know, and then, yeah. And then, and then for me, yeah. Then that's like when, when that connection is like solid and it's like, Oh yeah, that's, that's like that, that's, you get down, you know, uh, good together. Uh, then that for me, that's when I start exploring. All right. Okay. Well, Oh, let me know a little bit. All right. Let, so what else about you is, you know what I mean? Interesting. You know, do you, do you match up with me on, do you like doing the things that I like to do? Do you like to be on the water? Like I like to be. Oh my goodness. So I'm hearing some fluidity here. Like maybe there is like, uh, you know, an open for emotional connection eventually is what it sounds like. Yeah. Eventually. But I mean, it's like, you gotta, you gotta, I guess that's my way of, of like getting what I want and then I'll, and, and making it to the way that I want it to be. And then, oh, okay. Now we can start looking over here, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and start, and start diving into like what kind of a person you are, uh, aside from that, you know, because mm-hmm. there could, there could be some amazing, and I talk about this all the time. And, uh, you know, there's, there could be, uh, a, an absolute, like a nine or a 10, you know, that walks in the door and their attitude can just turn them into a two. And it, sure, yeah. and, it, and it works the same way for guys too. You know, we could be, you know, high on the scale and then, you know, just the way that you think about things or like you're rude yeah. or, you know, you're just that just, oh, bam, there goes a point. There goes a point. Yeah. There goes a point. Yeah. Attraction is not just physical. You know, there's a lot more that comes into what we feel for someone you know, no matter what kind of relationship it is. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's great that you have the awareness of like what your, your comfort level is in your process. And honestly, like, I'm going to give you this advice again from women is they need to hear exactly that. Like if you don't have a lot of wiggle room in the beginning and you need it to like line up that way for your own comfort, you need to be absolutely honest about that with them so they know what to expect and then they're not going through an emotional struggle within themselves and then they can just kind of like open up to that process and if it's something that they're interested in then maybe you do get to that point and maybe you don't you know maybe relationships aren't meant to be forever like all relationships some of them do last forever and some of them don't like a lot of them play out. They can play out in a week or they can play out in a year. They can play out in 10 years. They can last for 50 years. That's I think we have this problem in our culture of feeling like if this relationship doesn't last forever, I'm a failure, especially women. Like I, I don't want to speak for men because I don't know that experience. But that is the message that we grow up with in our culture. 
And so that can inform a lot of what we do in relationships because we can have a lot of guilt if it doesn't last or the what's wrong with me. Like, why didn't, you know, he or she want to stay with me? You know, so I think it's important that we start, especially teaching our children fluidity and adaptability and that relationships are important and they all can have a different theme. They can mean something different and they can play out. Not everyone is meant to stay in your life forever. Like they're there for a reason. They probably are going to teach you something really great and it's okay to let them go as well. No, I, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, you know, and there's some people that you don't want in your life forever. So <laughs> yeah, hopefully and there's some people you want in your life yeah. forever and they leave because they're scared because of their trauma and their wounds, you know, and, it's like, when do you decide to really like kick it into high gear and, and try to stay? Like, how long do you try to stay for? And I think that's why we have therapists. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I think that's why we go through therapy to like figure those things out. Um, but yeah, so you add that into your challenge. Like tell someone your process, like be like, I know that this is what's comfortable for me. And is that comfortable for you? And let's see how, where it goes. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. I, you know, I'll definitely do that because I can, I can see, I can see what, uh, where, where I probably was going wrong, and how. Okay, now you give me a challenge. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, you, you can't give you a challenge in a for dating wise because you're not, you're not, you're not open <laughs> to that. Uh, what, like, what could I challenge you on? Um, I don't know. Well, if you come up with something, throw it out there. We won't spend any more time like waiting on it. But I just thought it'd be fun if we both gave each other a challenge. Yeah, I guess what I like a challenge. Like, what can I challenge you on? I did see that. Oh, you know what I did see? I did see those that surfing picture of you wiping out. Isn't that great? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh my god, that's such a huge wipe out. I love doing that. You know what I mean? Like, I love putting out there. Like, this was freaking hard. Yeah. Like when I was learning to go left that week, like I was so frustrated, and I remember that wipe out because you can see, like, my hand slipped off the side, and so my my board went down. And then it came back up. And I remember in my head thinking, oh, I still might get this wave. So then I like came back up and I was going to try to pop up. And then it just like threw me under. My board went flying. Yeah, like, yeah. It was. And then if you could hear the guy that was filming it, he was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear that part. But I was like, I, I saw I saw I saw the footage. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, that's the thing, you know, getting good at anything. It doesn't just happen, you know, even with podcasting. Like, I think maybe this will lead into Andrew Turner's question. I feel like I've been going through growing pains this whole time, you know. Yeah. And um, this has been great, like doing a variety show where we're just chatting. Like, I feel like this is kind of like flexing that muscle for me and I'm learning and I'm, you know, getting better at like bantering and like keeping it live. So, you know, my podcasting in a year or two is going to be totally different than it is now. Oh, yeah. Just like my surfing. Now I prefer going left. And if you watch those videos... Like I was struggling, like you could see, I was trying to go left and then I didn't. And then, you know, it took me under and um, yeah, I saw that. I wish I could show a video now because this is years later and I love lefts and, you know, I, I have a really smooth ride when I, when I do them. Um, like the last time I was surfing in Canada, 
I was practicing lefts again, and this was a year ago, and it was so beautiful. And I had probably the coolest ride of my life. I was kicking ass, going left. I'm like looking down, there's fish fucking swimming under me. And it was just like, I felt like, you know, rainbows and unicorns were going off in my head. And I was like, oh my God. And I never felt that in Costa Rica because it was such a hard challenge. But now I'm doing it and I'm feeling free and loving it, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool, man. I wish I, you know, I, I took some lessons when I was in uh, uh, Hawaii or Maui and I got up on a big board and in, in small, but never in, in waves like that. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I didn't, you know, I, I, for some reason, man, the, the, I got, I was down in San Diego once or not San Diego, I think Hunt- Huntington beach yeah, and yeah. when I was a kid and I was boogie boarding and I got a little too far out and I just, I was at the bottom of the, of the curl where it whap, slams down on top of you. Yeah. And there's a shelf right where it was that goes down like that. And I got like slammed right into that, that shelf in, in the side and, uh, barely made it back up. And then I got enough breath to, 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 to ex- expel and then inhale and bam, got hit again. And, uh, so like ever, ever since then, man, I've just kind of been like, mm, mm, no, ocean, ocean scary. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you really have to respect it. Like it does, it takes persistence and courage. Um, in that same trip, I got, um, my ass handed to me, uh, because if you don't, if you, the, the swell comes in and if you don't paddle out past the swell, you're on the side of the breaking wave. And these waves were huge in Costa Rica, like much bigger than what you even saw on those videos. Yeah. And I didn't get on the other side and somebody yelled at me and they were like turtle roll. And I knew that that wave was so huge. I couldn't even turtle roll. So I just tried to go under and hold my board and it took me and I got pounded all the way in hitting rocks. Like my legs were scraped up and I just kept getting pounded. I couldn't breathe. And then the next day when I went out, I was scared. Like I was so scared to even take a wave. But if I hadn't like, you know, if I didn't have such a love for it, maybe that would have like ended my time in the ocean. But I have such a love for it. And I I pushed myself because I know that I love it. And I'm a pretty courageous person, (laughs) especially with water. So I pushed myself and now I don't have that fear anymore. But it's real, you know, you've got, there's danger to it too. So you have to like, and when I had, when I was scared, I gave myself that time. Like I chilled out. I didn't really take any waves the next day. I was like, I need to get that trust again before I really take any of these waves. So I think it's important to give yourself that space and be gentle with yourself about your process. But if you're ready, like, you know, try to get back on the horse sometimes. If it's something that, that means a lot to you, it's going to take work to get there. Yeah. I, I, I'm more, I'm, I'm, I love, I like being on boats in the ocean now. Like I'll, I go deep sea fishing all the time and, uh, you know, I, I don't mind being on the surface of the ocean. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, I love that because I mean, all the, the, the marine life that that's around you at all, at any given time out there is crazy. Mm-hmm. Cause you see all kinds of different stuff. I mean, I've got, I've got videos actually on my Instagram. If you go there, there's one video of, uh, of, uh, 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 what is that? A humpback, mm, yeah. uh, juvenile breaching. Like there was a whole pod around us and they were coming mm-hmm. up. You just like you see in the, the movies, the uh, nature movies where they're coming mm-hmm. up and they're eating. Mm-hmm. And then you huge ones, just huge. And there's wow coming up and down. And the juveniles were playing around the outside, kind of like, I don't know, maybe they were having like a perimeter around them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they, we were kind of moving around where they were cause they, 
they floated into where our space where we were fishing, but I mean, it really doesn't matter. You're in their territory and they're in their deal. And mm-hmm. so one of the, uh, one of the juveniles like breached with almost like so close to us that his splash almost hit the boat. And, oh uh, gosh. yeah, that was kind of crazy. We saw a lot that day. We saw seals. We saw the, the, those caught a bunch of fish, saw a great white. Uh, cause the great white, oh, wow. came, yeah, the great white came after all of the feeding was done and, you know, cause of all the dead fish. Uh huh. Wow. So, that's cool. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a long day of doing that, of seeing that kind yeah. of stuff. It was cool. Yeah. I, um, I paddleboarded with humpbacks one, once, um, like unintentionally, they just suddenly showed up and there was a juvenile and like the mama was there. So of course, like the mom was being protective of the juvenile and they were breaching so close to us. Um, my boyfriend at the time, he's from Venezuela and he's a surfer uh-huh. and we, I was so scared. Like my legs, like I had every muscle tensed in my legs so I wouldn't fall off because, you know, the swell was coming. So it's like harder to keep your balance on a paddleboard. Yeah. And I was just like, what if this whale comes under and like pushes me off my paddleboard trying to protect the juvenile, you know? Yeah. And I couldn't walk for two days. That's how tight I made my legs so that I wouldn't fall off the paddleboard. And Richard, my boyfriend at the time, like the next day we were talking about it and he's like, I'm not going to lie. I was shitting my pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're, 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 they're scary, man. And right before that, there was one of the, I saw coming at us, a, a, an adult dive. And so I was like, Oh, cause I knew he was going to come right underneath us. And all three of our lines started, he, his whole pectoral fins, right. Went right mm-hmm. underneath the boat and we we're in a 19 foot boat. And this dude was probably twice that size, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it broke both of their lines and mine. It, I felt it like going over his, uh, what's that? His pectoral fin and, and mm-hmm. scraping along the barnacles. I could actually feel it, uh, through yeah. the, through the pole. And I was like, oh man, I was like, I was really freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful, but you do have to respect, you know, you are in their house. Yep. That's their world. It's not ours. Yep. It's kind of the truth everywhere. You know, we're in, we're in all the animals' houses and taking them over, but I'm not going to get on that tangent. <laughs> yeah, we're at, we're at hour eight. So if we want to oh, keep it, yeah, if we want to okay. keep this thing under to where people will stay tuned in, uh, you know, we better move it along. So we do have one. Andrew had a, a question. He said, uh, how do you two manage your time with the podcast that y'all do? And he's from Texas, y'all. So, uh, is it a, I'll get it, I'll get to it when I get to it. Or do you have a hard schedule asking because I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to stay consistent with my podcast, recording, editing, publishing has to take up an enormous amount of time. Uh, how do you all tackle this issue? You want to start? Yeah. All right. So I, you know, right now, usually I, I'll try to get something, uh, you know, out by Monday, but since I have so many to get through, I just kind of, I've been like just working on them and working on them and getting them out as soon as I finish them. Uh, just because, yeah, just because I have 800 megabytes worth of, uh, of, uh, on my posting pl- or my platform and it uh i, I want to use it all up so if that's 800 megabytes i think that's maybe 12 episodes per month i can put out with that with that much 
And so mm-hmm. I really want to try to get to it because it, it, with the, the, the workload that I have right now, that's going to be like three months that it's going to take me to put out what I have without recording mm-hmm. anything else. And like these ones, like with this one is going to have to get thrown in, in there. Like this one will go, probably go out pretty soon after to make it relevant to what we're doing, you know, sticking mm-hmm. to the month. So, uh, and the editing, yes, the editing does take up a, a huge amount of time, like so much time. And I've even this, I've backed off on it where I've, I'm not taken out hardly as, as many ums or, or useless filler words, you know, right now. And I'm just kind of almost letting it go as is. I'm, I'm listening to it to make sure that there's nothing that I don't want in there. You know what I mean? Or maybe, you know, a, a, a guest, sometimes they'll say, Hey, can you edit this out? I didn't mean to say that. Uh, one from another country, they had me, they said a disparaging comment about their government and I had to go back and take that out because they didn't, they get persecuted for that kind of shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. Uh, hopefully that answered your question, Andrew. For me, um, I I feel like um, this is the hardest job I've ever had. <laughs> it takes so much time, and I'm I am not cranking them out like you are. I because I usually have my practice, you know, I don't now in quarantine. Um, but I'm I have so many projects. Like I'm trying to write my book. I'm trying to get a webinar out. I'm you know I have my retreats that I'm always trying to do. Like there's so much going on, um, that I I decided to put an episode out every two weeks. But I really put a lot of time into those episodes. Like I feel like I try to make them really innovative. So it's not just the conversation. So like the episode I'm putting out this week, it's going a week late. It's the first time I ever missed my deadline. So I'm trying to like deal with my guilt on that. Um, But I just had a really hard week last week. Like I couldn't find my motivation. I had no creativity. So I just gave myself that space. And then the creative, the creativity started coming back because I just don't want to put out an episode that I feel like isn't in line with what I want to do artistically with my show. And so the editing of this episode, it was a 30 minute conversation and I am spending days editing it because I've decided to like, she's a poet. And so, you know, I got really creative with it and I've had like a bunch of women recite her poetry that I'm splicing in at different points of the show. And then I have to go and I do an intro that I talk about, you know, that I isn't with the conversation. And then I have to splice that in. And then I have to put the intro, my general intro and outro on it. And then I always put an outtake at the end. So I feel like my process is so creative with the way that I do my show that I can't, you know, like just crank them out. Like I can't just do interviews and put them out. Like my editing process is really intense um, because it is a different like artistic way to do it. And so I'm still at one show every two weeks. And like I said, this this time I didn't even get it out. And I'm not even working my other job right now. <laughs> yeah. But I think we're all going through a lot personally. We're going through big evolutions with all of these intense changes. So I'm allowing myself to go through these healing processes too. And not be so hard on myself. Because we're realizing that stress is a big issue for our health. And so maybe that's going to change a little. Maybe we don't, you know, have such rigid deadlines. That's what I'm hoping. So I hope everyone is like really generous with me with this being out a little bit late. But yeah, I think Sean and I have a pretty different process with it. Um, 
and that's interesting, you know. Yeah, my my I, I'm not artistic at all. Uh, the the most artistic that you may see me get is maybe on my outro, because uh, that one I actually have to do right as I'm editing it. I'll do it then because I've already heard it again, and it takes me back to okay, and I know what we're talking about, and these are my thoughts on it. But I, I've I've really like even tapered that back quite a bit just to get through it because the mm-hmm. editing part is like for me it sucks man I don't like it and, and because I'm such a I'm so anal about everything right I'm I'm yeah. like a perfectionist if I take one um out they're all coming out oh, and mm-hmm. the ands and then the next I'm going for you know with my my phrase that I always say is you know what I mean and so oh, I, start, I say that too yeah so I, but it's, <laughs> and I'll hear it. And I'm like, oh, my God, shut up, dude. I know. Can you say likes. something else? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'll, I'll, I'll even go through and take a bunch of those out. Some of them you can't because they run right in and there's no cutoff. And yeah. so you just have to leave them alone. But That's I mean, a couple the process of editing, yeah. you know, I think that, you know, if you look at that, because it does, it, it's there's kind of an art to editing. If you decide yeah. that that's going to make it if it doesn't like give a good sound bite, then I'll put it back in because I'm like, well, it's better in than out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you take it out, then you go back and re-listen to see what it sounds like. And then sometimes I'll even, I'll fade out where I clipped and fade in where, where it goes. And sometimes that'll, that'll fix it a little bit to where it doesn't sound like it's choppy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it, and then one thing that to, to go back on, on that, to, Add one more thing. And what I'm finding, and we talked about this prior, is that, you know, I, there's a, there's a setback too in, in doing the, the interviewing process the way that I'm doing it. Because you, if I'm having seven conversations in one day, you're hearing seven different variations of whatever it is I'm going through at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Versus if, if I did it every week, I would be going through something completely different the next week. So I'll be talking about that. So, you know, cause usually we always talk about what we're going through at the moment. Right. Right. And so you'll hear, you're going to, you're going to be hearing a lot of repeat stuff, uh, until I get through these, uh, episodes other than like what me and her are doing, which will be completely different. But some of these episodes, I'm going to try and, 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 and switch them up, uh, to where it's not like that, but you may catch a, you know, some repeat uh, thoughts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that answers that. And, uh, yeah. you know, the first episode down uh, of the variety with the co-host Lori rising uh, and her, uh, and her questioning Sean, <laughs> <laughs> I was on the hot seat today as it felt like a little well, bit, but that's all right. I was on the hot seat last week. So, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> give and take, that's what all relationships are. Uh, oh, is that what this is? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, you know, and, and you're right. I, I, there is a reason why I had you here and, and I wanted you here because I knew you would challenge me because your perspective is way different. You're like one of those, you're, you're, a, you're a sensitive, uh, type woman. Oh yeah. And, I'm a sensitive, uh, I'm spiritually sensitive, like hardcore. And I'm very, uh, calloused, um, like hardened kind of guy. So I need a perspective from some, from, because most people aren't like, there's more people like you than, than, than hardened like me. So if I'm going to navigate this world, you know, I better figure out who, who I'm, who I'm navigating through. Right. 
Right. Well, and I think, uh, you know, I, I was reading something this week and they were talking about, you know, follow people that have different perspectives than you. You know, even if, if you look at politically, like even if you're on one side, follow somebody on the other side just to really, you know, flex that muscle for yourself and like have a little bit more compassion instead of being like, I'm right, you're wrong. You know what I mean? Because that's what's keeping us in a, a war with each other. That's what's keeping us from getting like huge things done because we have these sides to so many things. And if you start to like open up to someone else's perspective in a gentle way without being in confrontation with them, you might start to realize where experience comes. You know, we all have different experience and it, it can inform what we do much of the time. So I think when we develop more compassion with each other, and um, kind of let ourselves get taken out of our box, that's when we really grow and our communities do get stronger and, you know, we get more stuff done together instead of apart. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Confirmation bias is a, uh, is a, is a real thing. And it keeps, mm -hmm. it keeps people, you know, in their, in their vacuums of information and nothing but the same kind of, uh, information and opinions get bounced around in this vacuum and, and you never, and, and it just, you're just around those same people and you never really, you don't expand your, your, uh, horizons at all. You know, yeah. you're not going to really grow. You're just going to stay stagnant in this, in this little vacuum that you're in. And who even knows if that vacuum has the right ideology or, or, you know, because you don't get a chance to experience anything different. Yeah. You know? I think I, you know, I'm really great at it because I was raised in small town, conservative Catholic Iowa and look at me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> so I have a lifetime of experience with that because I'm madly in love with my parents and I would never let our differences in political views or religious views. I would never let that take my love away or change that love because screw that. You're not, you know, you're not going to bring in these systems that create a, a situation where I'm not going to have my parents. Like I'm going to rise above that. Like I'm going to love the shit out of them and let them have their experience and their opinions. Yep. Yep. Well, I think that's a good note to end on. Yes. This was so fun, Sean. Thank yeah. I had you. a good time too. I'm looking forward to the next one and see what, uh, see what the rabbit has in the hat. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, remember your challenge. I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I will definitely do that. I, ha I have somebody in mind right now that I'm going to approach with that. So we'll see. Ooh, 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 ooh. Fun. <laughs> All right. Cool, man. Well, until next time, everybody. Thank you for listening to the show. And thank you, Lori. It's always great to get my covers pulled, you know. It's all right though. Um, I I definitely enjoy having you as a as a co-host and having you push me to look at things that maybe I may not have looked at prior, and that's not a bad thing. As always, you can find uh, all the ways to connect with Lori and the show in the show notes. We had answered or actually read and answered some questions from the Facebook group, and if you're interested in in getting into the Facebook group, so you can get involved actually having questions of your own, shoot over to the Facebook group and uh, join. There is a link in the link tree uh, at the bottom of the show notes, and that will take you to my Facebook group. And just go ahead and sign up there and, and, and start getting involved in uh, 
how this uh, variety portion uh, gets shapes up and, and, and plays out. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. Merchandise is available on the link tree as well. There's a merchandise uh, store tab there. And also follow me on social media. So until next time, keep it 100, stay true to yourself, everything else is just noise. Uh-huh.